I'm going to be going to Mark chapter 4 in just a moment. Last week we started talking <clears throat> about culture. And we're going there again today, and today's message is probably going to be two parts in itself. I'll probably have to finish up next week. But uh, we're talking about culture shock uh, last week, and we're going there um, again today in the next, probably next couple of weeks at least. And little did I know last week when I started to speak on culture shock, I did not realize that our culture was really about to be shocked over just a, just a matter of, of, of a few days. And uh, talking about culture shock. This year, the culture is either going to shock us or we can shock the cultures that we are in. Amen? The culture will literally shock you sometimes. When you sit back and you watch things happen, when you watch people, uh, you watch things happen uh, in, in our nation, you watch things happen on media, you watch things happen in, in the political world, all of a sudden, uh, and, I, and I've, I've seen it happen to some of you sitting here, all of a sudden you start thinking, and you get angry and you get frustrated. We start lashing out and we lose, we lose the ability to shock our own culture when we adapt to the culture of this world. And I was, I was talking last week about those three different cultures that the church is going to find herself in this year, churches in general and churches as a whole across our nation, that dive culture, uh, meaning that they're spiraling downward head first. It's a dying culture or that survive. We're simply, we are just surviving. We are just making it. That's a very bad place to be. It's not healthy for you just to be just making it. Or there's that thrive culture that no matter what happened last week, the church is still good. It can pivot. It can share the word. It knows what's going on and it can thrive. And last week we talked about that whatever type of God, whatever God that we talked about. He said, whatever you ask, whatever you pray, whatever you believe, he says, I can do it. And whenever I think about that whatever God that we serve and our faith, whenever I think about our faith mixing with that whatever God, I think about the story in the Bible of the Romans centurion. And the Roman centurion, he was over a division of the army. And this Roman centurion, he walks up to this Jewish Jesus. And he said, Jesus, can you help me? My servant is sick. My servant is sick. I, he needs to be healed. And Jesus, in his fashion, because he had become accustomed to doing this, he said, I, you know, I can come. I can, I can pray for him. I can, I can come to your house. And this Roman centurion said to this Jewish Jesus, which was just against the law, it was forbidden at this time. The Roman centurion looked at Jesus and said, no, you don't have to come to my house. I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need your prayer shawl. I don't need you to spit on me, Jesus. I don't need you to write in the sand. I don't need you to do anything special. He said, all I need you to do is say that he is healed. That's all I need from you today, Jesus. Is the, Here is this Roman saying to this Jewish Jesus, if you would just say he's healed. I don't, I don't, I don't need a lot of things from you today, Jesus. I just need you to say it. See, and I tell you, I tell tell you this today because if we could raise up a church that would just take him at his word 
We become so fascinated with signs and wonders and all those things are real. And we are seeing them. But we, we become the group of people that we have to see it to believe it. If we could just become a group of people that would take him at his word. A church that didn't have all this criteria. Lord, I need you to do this. I need you to come down on this hour. I need you to be wearing a robe of white. I need to hear the voice of angels. All those things. And If, if, if we could just take him at his word. And when Jesus heard this Roman looking at him and saying, all I need you is to say a word. I don't need you to spit on me. I don't need you to do anything like that, Jesus. All I need is a word from the Lord. How many of you have ever been there? It was like, all I need is a word from the Lord. If I could just get a word from the Lord and all of a sudden Jesus hears this as this Roman, this really unbeliever looks and Jesus turns around and the words that he looks at all of his followers. He looks at his disciples. He looks at the ones that he has been leading and he says, this guy right here, here who think about church believes I can do whatever with just one word and y'all over here y'all need me to walk on water you need me to turn water into wine you need me to do all of these things he said he said yes I can do those things for you if that's what it takes yes I can do those things but he says he says but those that believe that I am a whatever God are, are, are good with just a word and, and and when this whatever word mixes with our faith all oh, things are possible. Take him at his word. If we know the word of the Lord, why are we so scared and nervous in moments like we are living in? Why do we allow the fear and the culture around us to dictate how we worship, to dictate how we operate, to dictate if we open up the church doors or not. How and why do we allow those things? It's because of culture shock. And, 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 and without, without faith, I'm talking about faith and the word today, and I'm probably going to blend these together all the way through next week. With, without faith, you are going to be limited to whatever you were born with. Look at yourself. This is what you have. And without faith, you will do nothing more than what your physical body can do for you. Whenever you were born, I don't know if you know this or not, but you did not come out of your mother and get a catalog to choose what you wanted to look like. You did not come out and, and, and get an iPhone and they put it in front of you and you get to swipe and touch. I want those lips, those hips. I want that backside. I want that, I want that tummy. I want those thighs. I want that hair. I want that nose. You don't know. It don't work that way. It's all genetic. It's all your bloodline. So if you are pretty this morning, you need to call your parents and thank them. If you ugly this morning, own up to it. Call your parents and blame them. It's all genetics. It's, it's, it's just all genetics. We were all born with things that are working for us and things that work against us. Can I get an amen? We were all born with strengths and we were all born with weaknesses. But listen, you don't have to go through life with the limitation of your own bloodline. We don't have to be limited by our physical abilities. We don't have to be limited by our natural intelligence or our pedigree this morning. Because how many of you know that it is so difficult whenever you know 
your own IQ and whenever you know your physical limitations and whenever you know your Enneagram number and all of its strengths and all of its weaknesses, whenever you know all of these things, sometimes it is still so difficult to believe that God is going to put us in places this year that will allow us to operate above our natural scale. And when, and, and when you know that when you, when, when you know that on your own, you cannot do it. It is so hard sometimes for the, for, the, uh, for the human mind to understand, I, God, I could never do that. God, I could never do that. I could never stand in front of those people. I could never preach to those people. I could never even just witness to that person at the grocery store. That goes beyond my weaknesses. And sometimes it is so hard. And I, I, I as your pastor, know this. For a fact, because my natural abilities and my natural personality type says that I'm not the one to be standing in front of large groups of people talking about myself. One, I'm kind of an introvert. And two, I hate talking about myself. And that's what my job requires me to get up here and talk and talk about my stories and to get up in front of large groups of people. I know that my natural gifts and my abilities is not the person to be standing here. And there are people that get up here every single week that are on this stage that are singing, singing their hearts out and they get up here every week and they wrestle with their own weaknesses as soon as they step onto this stage. So I'm telling you today that you may see a bunch of talent up here. You may be, wow, those, they are great. But everything that you see up here, it's not all natural. No, no, no. But there are times when we have to apply our faith. There are times when we got to apply the faith of the word of God. Faith that God will expand us to a level that he can use us according to his will. Amen. And there are times I can tell you this. I can probably speak for a lot of these people. I know because I've been in conversations with some of them as we are sitting here and we are waiting for service to begin to begin. There will be times when we are sitting behind the stage waiting for it all to start when our natural beings start to rise up inside of us and say, oh, no, it's going to be rough today. You're never going to hit that. No, 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 no. You're going to you're going to forget that. But immediately we must engage the word of the Lord and our faith to overcome our insecurities and our fear, our fears of just being plain old chase up here and understanding that I'm not just plain old chase when I get up here. Whenever I put my mic on or whenever I grab it, the mic has no power. But because of my faith and because of his spirit, he gets up on me and in me and expands me beyond anything I could ever imagine. Because plain old chase couldn't do a thing for you. But when everything comes together with faith, something powerful can happen right here. A culture shift can happen when a bunch of ordinary people get together and say, God, I can't do this on my own, but I need you right now. Mark 4, 4. The word of the Lord says, and it happened as he sowed that seed, Mark 4, verse 4, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not leave much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away and some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew 
up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground. It fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up from it. It increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and 100-fold. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. He said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13, he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables the sower sows the word and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear the word satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts hmm. if i were to ask you the question who in this room has ever been in a rut Spiritually, everyone probably should be raising their hand because we've all been there. Can I get an amen? amen? And whenever you find yourself in a rut in life, there are things that God wants you to do to get yourself moving again. And no matter what, you can't move forward spiritually without the word of the Lord in your life. It's impossible. The word is a road map. The word helps you get a picture of the future. It helps provide vision for your life. Whenever you are reading these stories that, have, that, that, that seem too far for us to grab hold of, it gives us goals. It gives us vision on where we need to be. Where there is no vision, the what? The people perish or they get into that dive culture. And the word gives us vision. This is a reason why Christians cannot shift cultures because the word has to be sown into the heart you get it in your mind but it says that he sows it in your heart many will leave here this morning many will listen and watch this sermon later this week on podcasts on uh, venmo vimeo whatever it is youtube all of those things, podcast, and the word will be in their head, but it will never get in their heart. Hmm. And this is where the church is. Last week, I told you that doubt is in the head. Belief and faith are in your heart. You can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. The word must get into the heart before we can change cultures around us. The heart in this, in, in, in this passage we're reading, the heart is the soil that, that we are reading about in this parable. Whenever you are looking for it, that, that's the way the, word, the, the Lord works. Jesus works when he's speaking about parables. He is using this parable that, that is a parable of the heart. 
The soil is the heart. The word is like a seed and it has to get into the soil before it can start to reproduce into your life. In other words, if it's just in your head, you will not see the fulfillment of his word in your life. If you know anything about agriculture, you know that a seed is useless until it gets into fertile soil. And the problem that we are seeing in America right now, the problem that we are seeing in the American church right now is that a vast majority of Christians simply go to church to be entertained. Can I get an amen? Thank you. They aren't going to church to be changed. They aren't going to church to be cultivated. They aren't going to church to be challenged or transformed. In fact, there are a lot of people that will leave a church because they felt challenged by the word. There are a lot of people, whenever you speak the word to them, if you step on their toes, they will never be back. Hmm. And now we have a church in America that is wrapped up with the entertainment of it all. They go to church because they were raised to do it. They go to church because it looks good. They go to church because it's just routine. They go to church because that's what their family does. They go to church because that's what parents do. You, you take your kids so they can go to children's church. In other words, in other words, the church has become married to mediocrity. Mm. And now here we are in chaos in a nation. With a mediocre church that has a little bit of word up here, but nothing right here to keep us grounded. Nothing right here that allows us to walk into places and shift them. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Woo! Issues. Issues, issues, issues. So many of your issues of life, they spring out of your heart. It says keep your heart. Guard your heart. Guarding the heart is a, is a very difficult thing for a lot of people because there's so many things that are after your heart. See, whatever is sown into your heart is born into your life. One of the problems with soil is soil doesn't care what gets dropped in it. Hmm. For whatever seed is dropped in it, it begins to grow. If abuse gets dropped in you, abuse will come out of you if you don't take care of it. This is how generational curses start to develop. Right here. I'm speaking a word to somebody. It is generational curses start in your heart. It happened when your, when your grandma was in abuse. It's all she knew. She turned around and dropped a seed in your parents. It started growing. Your parents were in it all their life. And now they've turned around and they dropped a seed into you. And now you're standing here and it rises up inside of you. I want to tell somebody today that our God has the power to break any generational curse today. He's got the power to change your soil today. That's the God that we serve. 
It happens when seeds, little seeds, start getting dropped into the soil of our heart. This is why David cried out to the Lord, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Change my soil, O God. People that have been through some stuff have got to be able to get with God and say, Oh Lord, my soil is messed up. I've allowed too many things. I've allowed too many, too many planters in my life. Too many seeds to be planted in me. God removed the seeds. God removed the past. God removed the abuse. God removed that alcoholic father from my life. That, that the seeds that he planted. God removed those seeds that, from that mother that abandoned me as a child. Created me a clean heart. Give the church a clean heart again oh God you can't control your issues until you start controlling your heart there are too many people that try to control their issues but don't want to control the heart mm. and if I learn how to control what goes in me I can learn how to control what comes out of me and the church right now in America, there needs to be something coming out of her that cannot be quenched. There needs to be a sound coming out of the church right now that sounds so different from any other sound that's happening in our nation. There needs to be something coming out of the church right now that cannot be quenched, that cannot be controlled, that cannot be settled. Something. Where does it start? It starts, in the, it starts in the heart. I am preaching life-changing, culture-shocking truth today because I am like a bucket of soil walking around. And whatever I allow the devil to drop in me will come out later in a harvest. And we sit here and we wonder why this nation has gone crazy. We wonder why everything is going crazy. Because if you look at yourself, if you look at everybody around you like they are a bucket bucket of soil and we look have you have you seen the leaders that we allow to deposit seeds into our heart have you listened to the songs that we allow to put seeds into our heart have you uh, have, have you seen have you seen the cultural icons that we let tell us how to vote how to believe and how to worship they are dropping seeds in the hearts of the church and we wonder why it's gone crazy if you continue to read the parable of the sower, you will see that the word says, whenever these people hear the word, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Mm. Why? Because Satan knows the power of sowing and reaping. Satan himself understands that the word leads to changing cultures. And he can't stand it whenever you get a word dropped in your spirit. He can't stand it right now. Get this. Your potential is like unoccupied space inside of you. It is something that God has given to you, but until you occupy it, it's just a territory. Most of the time, your territory will have enemies in it that need to be driven out. It's life. 
Your territory of your mind has enemies in it that every morning you've got to renew your mind and drive the enemies out of your head. If not, you will stay in the bed and you will get depressed. Territory always has enemies that have to be driven out. God told Israel, guess what, Israel? Jericho is yours. It's all yours. You can have it. It's got your name on it. Got your name all over it. I've got the title in my hand. It's yours. The problem is it has enemies in it. And you've got to get those enemies out. It's already your space. It's already your territory. The battle's been won. But before you can occupy it, you've got to get all of those enemies out. Because even if there's one little enemy, it ain't yours yet. You've got to occupy it. You've got to drive all of those out. Listen, we hear, about, we hear about and are in spiritual warfare. It is real. It is a reality. These things that we are seeing in our nation, it is things that are happening in the spirit. But this year, if you get this, I believe it can revolutionize revolutionize your year. It could revolutionize the culture of your year. If you could just get this little nugget, your struggle this year does not need to be to win. No. Why? Because Jesus has already won it. You're trying to win a battle that's already been won. The battle has been won. This year, last year, you tried to win and win and win and win and win, and you lost and you lost and you lost. Why? Because you are fighting a battle that God has already won for you. Jesus has already won it. There is nothing for left for you to win. He has done it. Jesus did not, Jesus did not grow weary down here. No, no, no. He did, not, he did not lose. There's nothing to win. Jesus didn't get tired. He did not stop fighting and say, well, I got to get back to heaven, boys. I'm tired of fighting down here. It's all yours. Go, if you can, win it. Bring, bring home the gold. No, 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 no. He didn't do that. No, Jesus won. It is finished. It is done. Can I get an Amen. He fought, he won, he went back to heaven. And this right here makes a lot of you mad. Do you want to know what Jesus did when he got back to heaven? He sat down next to the Father. It's over. Complete. Jesus right now, this is going to make you mad. Jesus is sitting down on the job right now. It's done. It's over. He's not going to get back off that throne until he stands up and says, go get my kids. Blow the trumpet. Until then, Jesus is on his throne. It's over. He fought. He went back and he sat down next to the father. He sat down because it was over. You're down here. We are down here on earth. We're pacing. What do I do next? How am I going to pay the bills? Who's going to be president? What is happening over here? Am I going to have a job? Is this the end of the world? Oh, Lord, what am I going to do when I'm at work? I'm not going to have Facebook to look at while I'm on the clock. Oh, God. God, what am I going to I'm not going to have Twitter to look at while the pastor's preaching to me. God, what am I going to do? I'm scared. Here we are here. The church is here on planet Earth. Walking, pacing the floor while Jesus is sitting down. Saying it's over. It's done. Why are you walking around looking crazy? It's over. Why are you so stressed? It's over. It's been done. It is all. And guess what? You are going to get him up because it's finished. It's over. 
But before he went to the heavens and sat down on you, Luke 19, he said to the disciples, Occupy until I come back. Huh. Listen, this will change your culture right here. Your struggle is not to win a thing this year. I've been around a lot of you. And we got some competitive people in this church. I've beat a lot of you at some games. I ain't going to call your name. We got a lot of competitive people up in here. And it's win, 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 win. That's all we want to do is win. And if that's all you want to do last year, you had a bad year. Because nobody was winning last year. This year, your struggle is not to win a thing. Your struggle is not to win. Your struggle this year, your goal needs to be to drive out the enemies of whatever is already yours. You're going to drive it out. The Lord's already won it. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's yours. All it takes is you. Driving out some enemies. All it takes is you occupying. Listen, God spoke to Moses in a burning bush before he was a leader, before he was qualified. He had, he had done some things he should not have done. He is standing out in the middle of a field. A burning bush starts talking to him. He says, Moses, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. We know this story. He says, Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. I'm going to deliver you. I have heard them. I'm going to deliver them. He said, I have given them a land flowing with milk and honey. They're over here in bondage, but I have given them. Did you hear that? Israel is in bondage. Moses is really not even a leader yet. And the Lord is using past tense on a present issue. Whew. I've already done it. I've already given it to them. They're over here need to get to it. You got to get through the enemies to occupy it. He was, just, he was saying, they've already won. They have a rich land just waiting on them. It is finished. It was finished and done. It just took them 40 years to occupy what God had already done. The question is, how long is it going to take you to occupy what God has for you? I don't want you to wait another 40 years to get into what God has for you. I don't want Legacy Church to wait another 40 minutes occupying what God has for us. Jesus made it through the wilderness in 40 days. Israel made it through the wilderness in 40 years. The choice is yours. But how do I get there? How do I get from that place? How do I get to occupying what God has for me? How do I get out of this mentality? How do I get into occupying? How do I get, I'm not focused on winning. I'm just driving out the devil. I'm just driving out enemies. Why? Because the Lord is our, how do I get there? The word says that the sower sows the word. What have we been doing the last hour and 15, 17 minutes? We've been sowing into your soil. What you do with that, it's up to you today. But Satan comes immediately 
to steal the word this team just planted in your spirit. It's in the word. The devil comes immediately and will steal your word. Why? Because he is in the territory that you are supposed to be occupying. And he knows that a word has the power to occupy. He knows that the word has the power to shift things in your life. So when the devil comes to fight you, you need to get this. This is a game changer. When the devil comes to fight you, it's not about you. It's about the word that's inside of you. He's not out to kill you. He's out to destroy that word that you've put inside of you. Do you understand what is happening in, in this room right now? Do you, it, what is happening in this room right now is the same thing that has been happening in America. You can't see it in the spirit, but there are seeds just flying. They are bouncing, ricocheting off the walls, and they are looking for a fertile soil to take root in right now. In this nation this morning, in the spirit, if we had eyes where we could see it, if we could get a helicopter and just get an aerial view of the entire United States, you would see seeds. Generations have been prophesying. Generations have been praying. The word has been going forth in this land from almost the very beginning of it. And seeds are flying, looking for fertile soil right now. But the devil has come to steal it. And the devil is fighting tooth and nail to steal the word from you. This is why whenever you get a word like today, Monday is always rough. Whew. I'll preach a word on financial breakthrough. You're like, woo, I receive it, and tomorrow you're going to get a mega bill. It's the way that it works. I can preach a, I can preach a word about healing. You're going to go home and be like, oh, man, I never felt that before. Why? That is the devil trying to steal that word that was just planted into your spirit. And we're sitting here saying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And then something happens in our nation. And he's taking the word and we forget that he's a whatever God. Because we allowed him into our heart to pluck that seed out. Why does the devil want to destroy the United States of America? This nation has sent more missionaries than any other nation in the world. The devil hates it. Why? Because there are seeds. Why is he out to destroy things? Because he's trying to get this, the word that has been planted in our nation for thousands of years. Hundreds and hundreds of years. People have been walking the land, praying and spreading the word. And the devil can't stand it. And now we are seeing the devil trying to steal immediately what people have planted. But today, 
I think I'm speaking to a bunch of people that are crying out to God, create in me a clean heart. Amen. Today, I think I'm preaching to a bunch of people that are ready to guard their hearts this year. Today, I think I'm speaking and preaching to a room full of culture shockers this morning that understand I'm going to occupy the promises of my life this year. I'm not waiting another 40 years, but no, I am driving out every enemy in my life. This is my territory. Devil, get out of my word. Devil, get out of my home. Devil, take your hand off of my children. They were a promise to me from the Father. Get your hand off of my promises today. Stand up with me this morning. Today is the day. You just bow your head and close your eyes with me today. Lord, right now, I pray over your people. Lord, right now, I pray over this church. Lord, there have been some seeds dropped into some spirits. There have been some seeds dropped into the hearts of people sitting right here this morning. Seeds just dropped. By things we've seen, by things we are putting in, God, but today, the assignment of the enemy has been broken off of the life of your people. And today with this word, it's not just coming into our head, but we're going to put it into our hearts. We're going to sow it today. Why? So we can start to shift some cultures. So we can start to move some mountains, oh God. So we can start to part some seas before us today, oh God. That's my prayer. That's my prayer today, oh God. That's my prayer today, oh Lord. We thank you today. Let's sing this today. every person, every individual in this place today, oh God. Create in us a clean heart, oh God. Let us this week 
as we are in a season of prayer and fasting over these next three days, God, let us examine our own heart, oh God. Let us remove seeds of the wicked. Let us plant seed of the word in us, oh God. That's our prayer today. God, and when we get the seed of the word and it mixes with our faith in the whatever, God, shifts start taking place. I thank you today, oh God. I worship you today, oh Lord. For without you, we are nothing today. Lord, I pray that you put a hedge of protection around every person as they leave today. Guard us, Lord. Guard our health. Guard our minds. Let us not be pulled into the things of this world, oh God, but let us be pulled into your word this week. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we just put our hands together today and thank the Lord for his goodness.